1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. <laughs> not, not too much. Same old. How you been? I've been all right. You know, you making the most Good. of it like everybody else. Yeah. That's all you can do, right? That's it, man. That that's, is all you can do. That's it? Heck you, yeah. Yeah. Well, heck, you had like major uh, reconstructive surgery on your shoulder and stuff like that a few months back and whatnot, right? What was up with all that? The guy asked me, you know, he asked me about it, the doctor, you know, he's a good doctor. I said, look, and actually he hunts some. And so he had known me, and he said, uh, what you do before all your duck stuff? You know, I said, I was an iron worker. And he goes, oh, right. that shows part of it. Right. And he said, uh, what kind of gun did you shoot? And I said, well, I sponsored the Benelli, you know, for years. Right. And he said, you shoot three and halves all the time? I said, yeah. So when I was filming, I could explode them on film you know it's all the extra shot michelle right and he said if you had a neck operation blew your neck this guy how'd you do that and i said well i always figured i did it didn't pull-ups he goes you didn't do it didn't pull-ups he goes you're shooting straight up over and then three and a half beating your ass with a benelli really? and this is what this is caused from i said are you serious he goes dude it ain't rotator cuff or nothing you beat the freaking bone off you know he said had arthritis right in front of it and all that series i'm telling you but but yeah, a guy don't think he can do something. I guess you can, you know. Well, oh. note note to the children that are just starting to shoot: don't shoot three and a half yeah. your whole life. <laughs> you know, no kids. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah so oh my god, my three that's and crazy. Half days are over. I don't want no part of. They have been anyway since boss come out with their shells and stuff. But, yeah, uh, I mean, listen. I've been shooting three. But. Oh my god, yeah, ammunition has come you know such a long way well 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 i mean shit remember when remember when all the you know the big name goose guys and everybody that was chasing uh you know er earlier than when we kind of got into it it was 10 gauge and you know what i mean it was like you couldn't kill a goose if unless you had a 10 gauge right right i remember oh my god i remember the there was a guy that we hunted with you'll You'll laugh at this, but I know you've seen one, but he had a bolt-action 10-gauge. Marlin, Marlin long barrel, 33, 34-inch yep. yeah. barrel. <laughs> looked like, a damn, looked like yep. a damn irrigation pipe. Yep, <laughs> yep. seen a lot of them. Oh yeah, my I've seen God. a lot of them in Southern Illinois area. You know, like over the years, everybody come down here, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yep, the shot. Them did kick. Now, like, you oh, take, God. like, a... And I've still got one. You know, I've got an SB10 Remington, you know. And oh, yeah. My boy's got a Browning. He still shoots one, you know. He still shoots mine, shoots one of his. Oh, my God. But them didn't kick too bad, you know. No, there was Compared that. to the friggin' uh, old They ain't bad. <laughs> they don't kick as hard as Benelli does with a three and a half. Do you remember? Well, there was an Ithaca Mag 10, too. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. That yeah. was a. I, yep, I remember, yep, I remember yep. that. Oh my God, that was. I mean, that's going back some, but yeah, that was like if you you couldn't kill a big goose unless you had a ten gauge. I, I remember that whole. Oh no! That whole I phase. had uh, <laughs> uh, that SP ten. See, was just a knockoff. It was the oh. same thing as that Ethica. Right, you know, right. They just knocked it off. And, right, and that built it. That was all that was. In oh. fact, I think they bought the rights to it or something. Did they? Really? Yeah, yeah, it could yeah, be. Yeah, I shot the Ethica. Yeah, we shot the Ethicas, oh and then. Uh, then we started shooting the SB10s, and then we backbore them and all that. Oh, yeah, it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I say, Cool still shoots mine, and then he just bought so a Browning last year. He loves it. That's funny. That is so um, funny. A lot of guys I know still hunt them around here. Them. Oh, I guarantee you there's some guys that do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Too heavy for me. I know. I can't do it. I can't swing. I can't swing quick enough. I can't get in front of birds, and oh my yeah. god, I can't. I'm just not used to it. So yeah. I will say this: when I what, did shoot one, it was so heavy and all. And once you got used to, you could be a good shot. I mean, you oh could, yeah, you know, because it was heavy and you know, so yeah. Well, you yeah, can do so. some. You can do some Bikes damage. Again, oh yeah, we all had them. That's right. That's if right. You didn't have one. Use a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> had to have one. There's no doubt. <laughs> So we're talking to Jeff yeah, Foyles. We're talking Go to ahead. Jeff Foyles, Rock Outdoors, uh, Foyles Migrator. So what? So the change in the name was that? Was there a um, you know uh, a reason for that, or you just wanted to kind of 
move things along or update it, freshen it up, or what? What, what was the idea there on the on the call side and all that? Well, I went to a marketing guy, and uh, I've always had a really, really good one. Everybody knows who he is. I won't say oh, yeah. who it is, but uh, he knows him if I did say. But anyway, he, you know, after I went through my little spiel with sure. everything, uh, you know, I said, what should I do here? And he said, let's change the name. Just rebrand he said, let's it. let's change the name to something. Sure. He said, let's get a fresh start. Yep. I said, ah. I said, I'm not so sure I like that. I said, because the world knows who we are. So yeah. anyway, uh he said, come up with something cool. You know, this, he said, you're good at that. Come up with something cool. Yeah. So I wallowed around in my head for a while, and and I said, all right, well, I'll just take my name off the front of it, you know. And uh, I didn't know if that was good or bad, but when I talked to him about it, he said, yeah. Like I said, he's one of the best in the business. You know? yep. And he said, uh, he said, think of something. So I said, well, <clears throat> I got thinking one night. I thought, you know. I played all this rock and roll music in all my videos. I yeah. played in rock bands all my life. You know, I want something with rock, you know. Yeah. And the Bible says 59 times in the Bible about don't build your house on a sand, been built on a rock. You know, everything's built on a rock, you know. And I thought, you know, we got a pretty solid foundation here. I'm going to, you know, well, when I checked it out, I couldn't use ROCK because everybody in the world used that, you know, trademark. Agreed. So um, I used ROK, and I thought, ah, that's cool. And then we did the outdoors with a Z, just bad, something cool. Then he made the logo and everything. So it was brand new starting out, you know. So I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, this is, here we go. So I had to get new banners, new everything, <laughs> you know, new graphics. That's the all right. Works, you know, yeah, you jump in. Up, you know, packaging and yep. all this. And my Lord, a big sign, everything. I thought, what a deal this is. So we did it, and we come out with all new gear, new <clears throat> shirts and all that. And we went to Game Fair that year. I'll never forget this. We went to Game Fair. And I've been going to this show oh, forever. since 1994 yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. I used to go up there with Knutsons. Before oh, that, I even God, went yeah. a contest up there. So, oh, God. so anyway, I've been going up there forever, and I go up there, and, and so then I've got the same booth I've had forever, and I've got these signs up and everybody. And people would buy, walk by and go, Rock <laughs> Outdoors, who's that? Rock yeah. Outdoors, where's Foyle's at? <laughs> and I'd, wave, I'd hear him, I'd wave at him. And they go, well, he's in there. Well, what's this deal is? Here they come in. So oh I God. lost a ton of sales, you know. So then we decided to put foils in front of them so they knew who we were, you know. So um, do I wish we'd have done it? No. I, I still wish we'd have kept our name. And I'm to the point now there's times I'm about ready to say, heck with it, I'm going back, you know. But, and we may do an old school thing and just go back to you know here you well, know in a few years or something. Everybody know who we was. Well, listen, I mean, if you still punch in balls, it comes to us. Right, you know, so. right. Listen, all that, all that old stuff. It's just like, listen. It's like clothing. It's like music. It's like all kind of other stuff. It just comes back. You know what I mean? Because you know yeah. we, we've had this, yeah. we've had this same conversation. You know when we when we when we get final approach and we start bringing it back. Like I. You know, I came through at the era of the the logo with the two geese, and you know Ron's initial uh-huh. logo, and I, and and we uh-huh. ended up doing a you know a throwback hoodie and stuff because you know that stuff is still sure. relevant and and kids, you know, yep. and hunters either know that uh-huh. stuff and went through it or they're looking for something different and you go a throwback. So there's no doubt you could do that. You could do that in a second if you clicked it on. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's, and that's kind of my forward plan. Like, I just yeah. built a brand-new shop, and uh, my sign that I've had since 2004, I think. I built a new shop in 2004, and I went around spent $5,000 on a big lighted sign. It's right. a 10 by 10 sign. And I've kept that thing the oh, whole time. Yeah. And it's a big dog logo, foils, migrants. Everybody loves the thing, so I put it back up out here, you know, when I move. And that's all lighted and everything. Everybody thinks it's great. When are you going to change this here? You know, and I get a constant call for people wanting that. I'm like, right. well, I don't want and it. And then when we grave all of our calls, you wouldn't believe the people. Of course, everything anymore is mostly Internet sales. Sure. But a lot of people call in and go, hey, I want this, this, and this, but I want the, the foils logo on That's it. right. I said, well, dude, I don't even got, you know. He said, no, I want that. So, right. All right. So, you got to do it. I mean, so I'm thinking... Yeah, I may have to do it, so Which, go back to it. It's a lot of paperwork and all that yeah. and money to get it done, but oh well. It is what it is, right. So, uh, which which dog yeah. Which dog is in the logo? Which one is that? Raisin Cane. That's right, that's Raisin Cane. Cane. Yeah, that's Raisin right. Cane. That's, uh, that was a dog <clears throat> that I bought in... Did you ever hear of a guy named Bill Cox? Uh, he's a real 
he's a famous dog trainer out of. Uh, I've heard uh, the name. Uh, Northern Indiana. I was just going to say he's Indiana. in the Midwest, right? Anyway, long story short, he's trained a ton of he's 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 trained a ton of you know world champions, field champions, whatever. And I've known him forever. And he had trained this dog for a buddy of mine, Scott Geisler, out of. Um, he's been on a, that guy's been on a ton of my videos uh, out of uh, Mission. So. Uh, he got it trained, did all this work to him, took him to field trial, his field trial, won all this stuff, and he was just young. Right. And so I kept asking Scott, you don't even hunt this dog. <laughs> he goes, that dog don't even know what a duck is or right. he's never been out. He said, but he can retrieve, you know, 450 yards, you know, all right. day long, whatever. And I said, I want that dog. So back in, my gosh, well, it was right before I got, it was before I got in business right. uh, for myself. Because I was guiding at Heartland and running all the guys up there, and I said I got to have a dog, so I paid him five thousand dollars for that dog, which at that time was like oh twenty five thousand now, you know. Right. So I paid him five thousand dollars and paid him in three payments, and I said I'll give you a job guiding and paying three payments. How about that? <laughs> he was all over. So. Oh, that's great. Bill wasn't very happy that I took the dog, but the first time I took him out, that dog would run on such a string. It took him a while. He'd go past the duck, you know, because he knew you better go to where I sit, you know. Right. So it was a funny story. Uh, so I, the dog didn't, you know, of course, the dog got caliber. didn't take long. He's on it, you know. Right. He was, he was just phenomenal. So uh, one day, uh, Tim Grounds called me. And, and, you know, of course, I was doing all his stuff back then, me and Zinc were and right. all this. This was a long time ago. Yes. He said, hey, bro, you got any ducks up there at that place? I see you're killing them. I said, yeah, we do. <laughs> he said, I want to come up and I said, well. Come up and guide for me. I ain't going to let you just hunt, but you can come up and guide. You can make some money, pay for your trip, and you can stay at my right. house. All right, I'm, I'm, up here. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Right. I'm coming, Bob. Here he comes. <laughs> so he's, he's in the pit right down from me, which is only 200 yards south of me. You know? Right. And we're killing all kinds of ducks. I mean, we are killing good ducks, you know, and uh, mainly a duck deal. And he has gotten ducks down everywhere. This is a monster lake that had corn, flooded corn, had cattails, had weeds, so... There's just cripple. He got crippled everywhere. He didn't have a. He didn't bring a dog. They didn't have one or something at the time. Right. So, he got, so I went down there. We killed out. I went down there and I said, "How many of these guys?" He goes, "Hey, Bob." He says, "Let me use that dog. Let me use that dog. I gotta have a dog. We gotta find these ducks. These hunters are going crazy. You know, they, they want their ducks." I said, "All right." I said, "Here's the deal. We blow the whistle one time, and he stops." And I said, "You da 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 real fast, and he comes back to you. Right. You know, and then you stop him." Give him a big over, big left. You know, just typical dog training. Yep. I said, but you can't just do You don't confuse him. Give him a little bit, you know. I said, dude, he's a robot. Do whatever you want. Right. So I go back to the pit. I think we had a couple ducks to kill or something. So I'm sitting there and watching this. I walk the dog down there, and I'm watching. <laughs> that dog would work for anybody. I'm watching this, and he he get out there and, and grounds. You know how he was? He was wide open, you know? Yeah. And he would go, and he'd, dip, 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 dip. and here comes the dog back. Dip, and the dog would stop. And he'd, dip, 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 dip. here he come back. <laughs> over, 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 over. Back, 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 back. You know, and this dog was like, what the heck? <laughs> what did you get me into? Anyway, he got the dog for him. I had to come back and train him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, that dog, he was, uh, he was phenomenal. He was a good one. Was that and the how best the logo one? was, we were uh, go ahead, in go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear that. Uh, we were in Michigan one day in uh, early season, and this Scott guys were out there. We was up there with the dog, and we killed a bunch of geese and stuff. The very first video I ever shot. And I was just jacking around, and that dog would do anything. So I just put my all my bands on him and put my hat on him and all that and put one of them calls and put him to the fence and held it in his mouth. He had a straight meat hawker or something in there and took a picture. And then we took the end piece, took the insert out of one of my straight beat honkers, took a picture of that, and then had a graphics guy insert that head in the center of that. So that's how that round logo with the foils migrators. And yeah, all I mean, everybody knows that, that logo. Right, migrators. right. So. Everybody knows that logo. Yeah, that's 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 pretty special. So so you know so going back to the history and going back to the exact you know the exact part that you said. So so it's you and Fred and. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys are helping grounds at the time, so you guys are just getting into it, right? Well, the way this started, uh, you know, everybody thinks I knew Tim or Freddie knew Tim for years, and that, that's not true. You know, we didn't. You know, I had, uh, I was, he was in, in uh, uh, Crab Orchard Lake, and I was right. in Horseshoe Lake guiding for years, you know, and I didn't even know who the guy was, you know, right. I just, he was a, you know, I didn't know much about him. And back then, everybody was going to fluke call at 850 old. Yep. So, I mean, we're at the very beginning of the deal, we were mouth calling. 
know. I mean, that was the start of it. You know, we're all mouth call. And if you had a resident cavity call, you know, um, you know, that was a big deal, too, you know. And if you could learn anything on one, that was great. And so, anyway, then the flutes come out, the A50s, you know, and we started tuning them yep. and refining them and stuff, you know. And we got them. Everybody, everybody blew an A50 old, yep. you know. And uh, yep. grounds basically took an A50 and molded it and built a set of guts to put it, you know, from what what we used to do, you know, and, and blew it. And he was awesome on it, you know. And uh, so when he did that, uh, when, you know, all of us started, well, the guys that were blowing a contest way back then, I mean, I'm talking way back then. Right. When grounds first started, you know, and all the guys, Sean, ma'am, guy, and I'm not taking zero away from, from anybody. But it wasn't the same, you know. Most no. guys go, I ain't going to no dang contest, you know. I ain't going, that ain't for me. I'm a guy down here, you know. I ain't driving all, you know. Right. So it wasn't a thing, and then it got to be. And then it got to be down there where your pits were so close, you know, the more geese you killed, the better tips you got, because that's all you work for is tips. You that's know? right. So everybody got better on it. And then all of a sudden, um, I was in a, uh, I was in, I was in a boat show in St. Louis. My dad and I walked in there one day in February, you know, just walked in the door. Couldn't wait to go to the boat show, sell the bass fish and stuff, you know. Right. And as soon as we walk in the door, I hear this goose call, somebody blowing a goose call. You know how that is when you walk in a, oh, I absolutely. learned a lot then, you know. I thought, man, blow that call all the time customers will come to you, and they do. Right. So I heard this guy blowing back there, and I thought, what in that day, man, that's the best sound. I told my dad, I said, heck with this fish, I'm going straight to that. So we went back there. <laughs> I cannot think of a guy's name. He, had, he used to have real curly hair, and he worked for Night and Hale. <clears throat> and um, went back there, and he was blowing a Night and Hale uh, a double cluck. Now, it wasn't that sucking cluck, double cluck, but it was the first double, double cluck, cluck. Before the mag cluck, or right. all that. You know, right. Going to, and a big old bell on it, I still got to it. So we went back there and heard him, and, and we bought two of them each. You know, both both of us bought two of them. Well, they were so hard to blow. The reed was about three foot long, it felt like. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and ten inches thick. Good. As soon as it did, that was the first short reed I ever seen. And uh, I guess you could call it a short reed because it was like a. It was still pretty long. It was like a but hybrid, it had that yeah. Short reed sound, right? Know? Right. So we bought that, and man, started killing geese. Well, then the next year, I hear, you know, grounds had uh, the half breed. Right. You know, and everybody said, man, if you can't, it's hard to blow and hard to figure out to figure. I mean, you come off a flute onto that was tough. And that was a tough one to blow. But yes. anyway, I went straight up to him, you know, and I think I still got, I don't know, it's under 100 or something. I've got this still numbered one, you know, that he hand tuned right there and showed me. Like, so that's when I met him. Freddie met him. Freddie's quite a bit younger than me, but he, he met him uh, after that. And I think Freddie's dad took him down there to have him show him how to blow a goose call because right. Freddie'd been blowing a duck call. You know, and he went to Wendell Carlson, I know, spent a week with him to learn how to blow a duck call, and went down to the world and got fifth or something. That's right. But <clears throat> Freddie's dad would have told you if he's still alive, you know, I decided right then we need to get in the goose call instead of the duck call. Right. So, <laughs> anyway, that's how Freddie started. And then, you know, I'd been blowing the flutes and then, so we just got blowing stuff and, uh, you know, blowing flutes. And it would be me, Cam, Freddie, Alan McCree, yep. Toy Dishner. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a pile of them. I could name a bunch more, oh, but yeah. then Alty Lanham, different ones come along, oh, and all yeah. these different ones, you know. But we're 90% grounds guys, and we're blowing the call, but we're all against each other, you know. It's like right. Hendrick Motorsports, you know, and all the guys <laughs> racing against each other, you know. So, right. Um, anyway, it was, a, it was a good relationship. And then um, with this, you know, then Tim wanted me to come up to Crab Orchard. So I was running my own club, wanted me to come up there and start guide for him at Burns's, and so I did that. And, and we got to be good friends, you know. And before that, the first time I'd really met him was when I bought that, and then I went down right after that, and I was a dealer for him up here in my area. Right. Selling out my right. House. So was Fred. So right. I sold crap yep. on Catholic. Yep. Excuse me? And so was Fred, right, at the time. Was yeah, it? and so Freddie right. started the same thing yep. a little after. So this was in, I want to say, 90, I don't know, maybe 90 or something. Yeah, I think you're I right. I can't remember. Yep, you're 90, right. 92, yep. I don't know. So we started selling that stuff. And then, uh, you know, so then what would happen was Freddie and I would go, Grounds, Tim hated to do shows. Hated it. <laughs> I don't care what it was. He hated it. So so he would get me and Freddie to do these shows for him, you know. Right. And we'd get a box full of everything, you know, so hats and calls and do, hey, boy, you got it, you know. I hate working that show. He did. So we do all the shows and stuff. And then uh, 
I was selling stuff then, and Freddie start, said, well, let's just do this on our own and go out. So we went out and started selling stuff, you know, at shows. Right. You know, when Freddie would get the booth, and I'd work for him, you know. Right. And, yeah, so, yeah, so in the meantime of all this, with the final approach thing coming around. Right. Um, it was after this, you know, and that's when uh, the slider blind came out, and everybody heard about it, and right. Tim went and filmed with Ron with it. That's know? right. And uh, come back and goes, hey, I hate these things. You know, I hate getting that out of them. He said, man, they're the deal. Them geese were killing crap up. There's the idiots out there in the field, you know. So he brought one back and we used one in Southern Illinois, which was all pits down there, you know. But we, we right. used it. I thought, man, this is a deal. They have got a clue. For years, been trying to figure out something to put in the middle of the field to kill right. something out of, you know. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, so that was kind of the start of it. And then, you know, of course, the Eliminator come along. Yep. And, uh, you know, so we started using them, and then uh, Freddie started selling. So we started selling them. The next thing you know, uh, I don't think I was making calls yet then. I got a phone call one night, and I'll never forget it, was, and it was Ron Lashaw. And, you know, he talks a million miles an hour, you know, he's oh, talking, yeah. and I said, slow down, dude. He goes, hey, he said, Fred, Fred, Fred and Ken said, you're the deal up there, and you, you do these shows, and you're selling stuff all over up there, and he goes, you're the best salesman he's got, blah, 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 I want you to get these, I need to get you a blind, I want you to start selling these, promote them, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> slow down, yeah? So I said, I'll, you know, I'll help you any way I can. He goes, I goes well, what do you, you know, he said, I'll send you a blind, like, perfect, awesome, you know, send me a blind, I'll see what I can do with it, you know? So that was the beginning of that relationship, you know? Right. <laughs> and uh, I want to say... Uh, of course, we knew, we got to know him real well and all this. And then I want to say it was in 96 or 7. I can't remember what year it is. Me, I drove Tim. Me and Tim, I drove him down. They want me to drive him down. I drove him to uh, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I think it was the only shot show they ever had there. It was, you know, a disaster with all traffic down there. That's why I only had one year, I think. But Ron had a 10 by 10 booth. So in this 10 by 10 booth, was two or three eliminator blinds we put together, and there was Ron, Catherine, Tim, me, Freddie, and Dawn. Freddie's wife. Yep. And all these people that stim it and move. You know? <laughs> so that was that was his crew. We were his selling machines, you know, down there. Oh my and, god. And uh, so, you know, along with this history, at that same shows when I found the guy with a fatal deduction decoy and a little booth down there with a little video playing of all these ducks coming into this thing, and that was the beginning of the robo-duck thing, you know. So, right. Uh, and I bought one there, get 200-some dollars for it, and ground saw the video, you know, for buying it. But anyway, so... Long as yeah, there's a lot of history around that time. Well, well, and here's uh, the thing, Ron, we were, we were talking about that, and... <clears throat> Ron couldn't remember the guy who made the first spinner, and then the Mojo guys went out and bought the rights to it or bought it off the guy or whatever it was. Uh, was that the same mm-hmm. thing? Was that was that this guy? No, what happened was, and this is uh, and the reason I know this is because I bought this person from this guy. I want to say his name was Mike or Steve something. Okay. Now, here's I'm going to describe him this. He was a younger guy, maybe mid-30s. They had uh, dark black hair. Big guy, guy probably weighed three hundred pounds, you know. And uh, he was sitting down. He was sitting down there at this booth in the basement of the shop show. And I just kept going. It mesmerized me. And we had too many people in the booth anyway, so <laughs> right. I was just walking around the shop, go seeing all the shop right. show, seeing all the cool stuff. You oh know? yeah. I'd come back up and check on things. They would leave, blah blah blah. So I kept going to this place. So I kept watching this VS, VHS video he had of these ducks eating this thing up in this little bitty pothole. So he kicked the second time I come down there. He goes, he goes, this thing does work. <laughs> and he showed me one, and all it was, it looked like a football goal clip post with two spinning things yep. on the end of it, yep. and on the end of this thing. And he said, that's all we use. That's all you need. He said, but I made this duck. Well, this fatal deduction was the oh name of God. it. It took four D cell batteries, uh-huh. and it would eat them up in thirty minutes almost. Right, right. And it had a big band in rubber band in there and all this, you know. Oh my God. And he had this in like a full body type decoy, and all this. Well, this, and then later on, I'm wanting something better. So that's when the Robo Ducks all started coming out. Yep. People were standing in line to get them, you know. Yeah. And I got one of those, and then I started selling them. Well, I called the guy to see you know get them, and I asked him the deal. Well, these guys, the guys that made a Robo Duck, used to take used farmers, sell it, and they were the welders and all this, and they were business with this guy. 
fatal induction guy. Gotcha. And the, that was the story it was told to me, and then they got into it, and they split. Uh. Okay, so they went each way. The first guy, the first guy that ever made the solid motor with the shaft in there, that, see, these used to be all run on a rubber band. Right, you know? right. The first... I used to see them. They used to take VHS motors out of a VHS player. They used oh to take that God. motor and somehow convert that and take a rubber band and run on an arrow shaft that drilled a perfect hole through a decoy, take aluminum arrow, put a cotter pin on so it couldn't go in and out, and, and put aluminum siding on them wings and put two in there. I don't have any of them I've seen oh my that would God. spin that. I've seen that drilled over them. Oh, my God. But you may, I don't know <laughs> if you've ever heard of Doyle Enterprise, a guy named Monty Doyle. He's got tons of ground up here. When he, he was young, and his dad owned a manufacturing plant or something. They make fertilizer beds. Right. He was at Dunn Sporting Goods uh, right after that robot had come out with one exactly like a Mojo, a Lucky Duck, or whatever. Right. You know, he was one, and you know, and I think later on what happened was, if I know for sure, is the RoboDuck guys had that, and Mojo went in and, and bought the, you know, everything off. Bought the rights you know, to it, They're right. the one that started that bought first. Bought the patent, right. The one that was really out there in the public for sale, right. you know. So. Right, because I, the first so, one I remember was, like you said, it was like a goalpost, and it was on, you know, there was black on one side of the blade, white on the other side, and then and then this had, like, the, you know, like, when all the Robos came out, it had those big 6-volt batteries, you know what I mean, so you can get, yep. you know, some time yep. out of it, and then you would just clip the, you know, clip the little prongs to the battery and just, and, and there was no... wires. Right, right, and there was no on-off switch, like, you just... You just, you know, you just clamped red and black on, and it was on. You know what I mean? And, and you know, went. oh yep. my God! And then, yeah, and then the, the killing started without a doubt. It was, it was ugly for a long In a time. Second. Oh God! I've never seen it. You know, it's just like taking one to Canada right now. It, you oh, know, it, it's I mean, unbelievable. Every duck in the field came to So I'll never forget the first time I took it out, <laughs> opening day up there at Heartland. Those guys were ready to kill me. They couldn't kill a duck. Oh, my God. I, I hey, could only imagine. You know, and everybody laughed at me. That's a piece of junk. I yep. can't believe you're going to put that foil of all the things. Yep. You've got I used, and I still do, got a bunch <laughs> of hand car decoys to put out front all the time. All the stuff you've got, and, and you know, as thick as you are, I said, dude, this ain't going to work. I'm telling you. You're, I said, you can watch ducks. This will work. And then we slotted them over there. I guarantee you they were pissed at you. I had a you. cell battery. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, you had, right. You had I it. had one. <laughs> <laughs> I sponsored for years by Winchester. And uh, there was an engineer down at Winchester, which is right here next to me, you know, right. just 40 miles from me. And uh, he called me up, and Alan Corzine, which uh, Ron Lashaw knows him. We hunted together, filmed together for years. Alan was a big wheel, and he designed a lot of Winchester shells. Anyway, Alan told me about this guy. This guy built one. He was an engineer. Was just, he timed, took a timing light somehow and timed a duck's wing spinning. And his theory was... The best way to do this is get this thing spinning at that same speed right. as a duck's wings is when he's yep. coming in and flopping when he's coming in. And anyway, he did that, and he geared this thing. He put some kind of gear systems in it and all this here, and it was it was bulletproof. Right, so you had and the right so RPMs. So I started selling them. <laughs> they were $300 I sell them for, oh. you know, and sold them like hotcakes. Couldn't get them fast enough. <laughs> Crazy. Listen, it was you know the the thing that the thing that I've talked about with Ron and everybody else that I've had on on this series is that you know at that point when Ron when Ron comes out and this is great that I have you cuz cuz you have that Midwest, you know, you you knew everything that was going on there. But out here, like soon as Ron pushed forward on the eliminator blind and and final approach comes yeah. out, then all these other companies mm -hmm. all of a sudden just just I don't. I don't want to say like uh, those companies weren't going to come out, but it was it's just stolen. a push. Then it was. It was like you know you had Dave Smith decoys, Columbia River decoys, Black Widow flocking by oh, yeah. Perry Nordhaus. You mm -hmm. know you get the spinner going. Yeah, I bought a lot of that. All the calls mm -hmm. come. All the call companies start. So it just seemed like it was like yeah. the height of invention. And if if I'm going to make my you know, my business or my dream or I have an idea, like, I can do it. Like, I've just watched these guys, and now it's on. So it was such an yep. incredible yep. part of the industry. And then, you know, and then we talk about, okay, so it's you, Grounds, 
uh, uh, Fred, and then Final Approach is going, and then you know it's going for a while, and then it gets sold once, and then it kind of keeps going with Colpin, and mm-hmm. then and then there's a, a shakeup. Uh, I had Lee Jose on, so Lee comes in. He's going to market it well. Him and Grounds aren't seeing yep. eye to eye. So then Grounds and Ron nope, just say, we're out. Right, we're out. Mm-hmm. So then the next evolution is is it's you, you know, and Fred's on to Avery, so he's already gone. So now it's you yep. and 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 Lee Jose, and basically this is the way the Tom brand's Luke. going. Right. Tom and Tom Luke's, Luke's was right. That's right. Him and Lee. That's right. Tom Luke's was the president, yeah. Good guy, yeah. And and this yeah. is when all the video. This is when like p- videos are going, but now it's transitioning into TV as well, and everything is going. And and right. marketing is a is a huge key mm-hmm. at this time because yeah. I, I talked about it a bunch too, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll let you you know give me your view on the whole thing. But at this point, Avery and Final Approach, like I call it the war, but the retail war is oh, on. Oh my lord, is on. Well, it was it was it was dang near fish. It was bad. Yeah. Right, and yeah, and and, and I always talk about it, because, and I say, you know, you were either on this side or that side. There was no play in the middle, and I had I had known no, Ron. With anything. It, oh, it was yeah. it, it was it was an incredible time. But you know, you know what you know the younger kids don't understand, or anybody that hadn't seen it. I mean, it was you know you would be at a show, and it was. Who's going to hang their banner the highest? Or if you're going to put your banner here at the yep. front of the place, I'm going to go down a half a mile and put it out in front of you. So that's the first thing they see. Yep. And and who's selling that, stuff? I at, did oh, it many times. Oh, my God. It was guerrilla. It was street marketing mm-hmm. at its best, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it was – and it yeah, was a it constant was. fight. Yeah, it, was, it, 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 got, it got tough, you know. And, yeah. and if I could go back to that, I would. Oh, God, I'd go back it, in a second. What that does, that, that eliminates – that eliminates a ton of people. Yes. You know, um, and I, for lack of a better word, eliminates the water base. Well, and that sounds terrible, but it's the truth. Well, and it was, it was uh, like a real time for your real, I don't want to say your stars, but like your real people. Like you had to have your A-list guys at a show or your A-list team on a video you know, mm-hmm. there was no bullshitting right. around. It was, it was like yeah. it was the A team. Like you had to bring it, and it was, you know, video. This it was, was, yeah. You had a camera crew. This was not a hack cam deal. That's right. And you know, you open up the internet and read about how to blow a duck call three times. The, and no I think doubt. If I do this, and I've got nothing else to do because I don't have a job, so I can be <laughs> on the internet all day long promoting this. Right. You know what I'm saying? That ain't the way it is. You won no. a con. You won many contests. No. You didn't want it. it. Was like the world contest was dang near a fight in the bullpen. You know, that's right. You know, I mean, you that was you everything. And then the marketing. See that you know today it's free. That's you right. Know? So anybody can be somebody. Back then, yep. you know, you want to put a full page ad in Wildfowl every month and do two more and a Delta yep. one and American Water Wildfowl. All this. Yep. You want to do that? You better dig high in your pocket, bud, because it was $2,700 ads, you know? And it was, so, oh, it, and it, and and it if was you no would, way to track it yeah. other than it's working because I'm selling stuff, you know? That's right, that's so, right. So and, just everybody yeah. couldn't advertise, you know? I'm, you know so it, it, there's no doubt there was no social media. You your product and mm-hmm. work hard and, and the shows, you know? If you didn't do them shows, you ain't going to make it. You know, if you didn't do that or video or something, it ain't going to happen. You, know? you you had to be touching. You had to be touching people and talking to people, and 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 if yeah. they weren't buying in, you were converting them or telling them why this product was better than right. that. Because also at that time, you know, everybody else has their call company now. So Grounds is running, Fred's running his. Mm-hmm. You're you're doing mm-hmm. yours, and everybody's pressing the call market and and. You know, another yeah. thing that I talk about is now, you know, you talk about, you know, the advertising and, and it pretty being much, pretty much free on the Internet and everything else where you could get it out and, and how print ads were so expensive right. back then and they were. But I talk about there are call makers and then there's call manufacturers. And when I look back at that mm-hmm. time, and that's why I say I would I would go back in a second just like you. Sean Mann was a call maker. Uh, mm-hmm. Grounds was a call maker. On the duck side, sometimes he used some inserts from Echo. You know what I mean? So on the duck side, and eh, right, right, you know, right. yeah, and I then put, I put his first duck calls together. Then uh, 
Well, it ended up a final approach for a while. I got the mold from him, guy, and I got the duck call. But that's that's one of the things I did for him. I had hundreds of them put together. I put the them together. Calls. They were clear and black, and yep. black and clear. Yep. And they were, and what it was was the old Buck Gardner Rich and Tone polycarbonate that that's Danny right. Ward had up there <laughs> and had mold for. It. And gosh, oh I tuned tons of them for him. You know, oh sold them across the country. That was his first deal. Oh my God. Duck call. And then so and then Fred had his duck and goose calls. You had your duck and goose calls. Mm-hmm. Buck was really good on the duck side, and he was you know shopping out some mm-hmm. of the stuff on his goose side. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you had R and T, who was all duck at the time, and so was Echo. They didn't even right. they didn't even make goose calls at the time. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I'm missing. No, I'm sure I'm I, missing. They didn't for years. Right. They didn't for years. Right. They didn't want to. And I don't yeah. know if I'm missing anybody, but I mean those are the call makers and you know there's a couple smaller ones you know i mean i don't I, there's a couple other ones but but there's been such a influx of call manufacturers like okay i took you know i i took a straight meat honker and i measured everything right so i got your inside diameters your bore i got i got everything i could buy the guts from somebody online and i just make it look different and it sounds pretty similar and now all of a sudden I got a call business going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And listen, I, yeah. you know, if guys want to do that. I go to Harbor Freight and buy me a $250 lathe. Right. Or I'll go down the street to an out-of-work machinist, and he'll make them for me for, you know. Right. That, that's exactly how that. Or I'll work for foils or zinc or Grant Brown's never hired too many people, but, you know, I'll work for foils I'll or zinc it. or somebody like that for yep. a while, and then I'll quit, and then I'll just steal what they got and go to work for it. And that's how it all happened. You know? Right, right. And so, listen, I, you know. And I, I, I don't take anything away from somebody that wants to go on on their own and better themselves, you know. I'm happy that, Agreed. you know, they went on, you know. Agreed. Uh, Sean Stahl's one of them, you know. He started out with me, and, and uh, one of his first, you know, one of your first contests was out in Kansas. But I handed him a straight bean honker and said, you ain't going to win with that flu. <laughs> and he won, you know. And so he was with me, won the world with the call, you know, and everything. And then he went on and done, you know, went with several different places and did good, you know. So, uh, I, you know, I, I'm proud of that happened. You know? Yeah, that's progression. Yeah, that and that stuff happened. But the ones that work for you and then steal it from you and take it that's from you. Oh, that's different. That's different. It's a hard pill to swallow, you know. Yeah, and that's the, you know, that's there's good there's good parts of history and bad parts of history. That's obviously the bad part. The good uh, the good part is, you know, you you taught somebody, they came through, they go out on their own and they do well mm-hmm. and you go, "Hey, I I had a hand in that. I feel good about that." You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. You got to wish them luck and and you know, if they were a good person and you didn't end on bad terms and all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a good feeling. I mean, obviously there's more competition, but at, at that time there was so the height of the call, the 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 final approach Avery wore retail, and then all the call market and how intense it was at that time. There was such a buzz oh, about yeah. buying waterfowl stuff that there was a lot of customers. You know what I mean? There was room for everybody. Well, nobody. It, it's it's um, back then when you know I was the only one doing shows, and Freddie would do shows, and. I come out with my duck call, the exact same show that Freddie came out with his. Okay, and that was in, I was working for ground, selling my duck calls, and in his booth, working for him, but we were selling, because he didn't have a duck call. And he Correct. wanted me to build his duck call. Right. So I did, I built my straight beat mallard. And Freddie came out, was the first show he did, it was a Memphis, Tennessee, at the DU thing. Right. So, and that, I had my straight meat honker built. Okay, so I had that thing built, and, if, and you can stop me anytime. No, you go. Time. I I'm love it. No, I love it. So I took that. I took that call, and I had it built already. And I, what I happened was, I turned. I wanted to turn this duck call, and a guy in Michigan up there, right down the street where Ball Shells is made right now, Jeff Vickers is at a machining shop up there, and went up there anyway. And Scott Geyser took my call, and we went up there. And he knew him, and we went up there and started. And the and if, you know, here, here's the sad part of this industry with call business, a duck call, if a goose calls $160, a duck call should be 260 So it's there's a lot to more make. to do to this thing. Build no that tone board. That tone board's got to be right. So we're trying to build this yeah. tone board, and we're like, oh, and we're just wearing ourselves out. Well, I had a lot of experience with duck calls, and I knew what we I just started filing on until we got it right, you know. Right. And um, this is what we got to do, and there wasn't such thing then as duplicators. You know, we said a mic everything. Keep trying. And a thousand right. on a duck call tone board's a lot. It's huge. Yeah. So we just jack with this and jack, and this guy's wore out, and he said, Scott said you got a goose call. And I said, yeah, I've got it right here. And um, basically it was a wooden barrel, 
that had been turned out. I had turned out all eight and had a mag clucker insert on it. Right. And I, and I made the guts that were in the guts that were in it. I'd made them out of yellow screwdriver handle. Long story short, had this on there, and I've been blowing it forever. Oh, I've blown a couple contests and done pretty good with it. So I said, I want to build this, but this is what I want, and I want this big band with the top on there, big wide band on there. So when I put it on the wood, it will cap that wood from splitting. That's right. And he left. Well, he looked at that and he goes, "Dude, we can turn this in a minute." So he put this goose call on there. This is nothing. Ain't no tone boards in this. I just drill a hole. So that was our first straight main honker belt. You know? Oh my so god! So I said, "Man, that's good." I put the guts there. I go, whoa! This is un- unbelievable. So it was acrylic. At that time, and 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 don't take me to the bank on this. At the time, I didn't know. Now Rich and Tone had acrylic duck calls. Right. And Tim had wooden. He just come out with a wooden super mag. Right. But as far as the acrylic was kind of, you know, I mean, there was like cast acrylic stuff, flutes and stuff. Right. But as far as a turned acrylic goose, I already built there was one at the time. So I don't think there was. I, you know, we built that thing, and I really don't. It was, and I, I had uh, the guy did it, and he just said, "I'll turn these." So he got into it. He built sixty of them. Oh I don't God. know. He built sixty of them. So he's going to send me a bill for these sixty calls. And, you know, I'm just an iron worker working there, and I'm farming right. on the side and all this, and working on Tim's calls and going to shows, selling for people. That's what I was doing for a living. And um, anyway, uh, that night, that Saturday night, I was a nervous wreck. I showed <laughs> Freddie this news call. He goes, what are you going to do about grounds? And I go, I don't know, dude. He goes, he's going to flip. <laughs> so, anyway, that night I threw in this call. On the, and we was right down there, and I threw this call, and he's bed in there. The bed right after, right after the show was over, we cleaned up, getting ready to go out. And he blew it. He goes, hey, Bob, this is a deal. This is a deal. This is acrylic. He goes, we're going to call this a baby super mag. We'll just make it white. Within minutes, he owned this thing, you know. Oh, geez. And I go, well, okay. So anyway, so I took the call, and he made me an offer. I'm going to sell this here, and we'll split it. He'll tune them, and blah, 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 blah. And, right. You know, we're going to do this thing. It's called... I'm sitting back thinking, I thought, what an honor to do this. But at the same time, right. you know, I'd had off from Primos, and I made, you know, all these people to try to get, you know, to get me to go to work for them. And I was like, man, you know, I don't know about it. Everybody I talked to said, don't do it. You got something here. Keep it yourself, you know. And I'm thinking, right. man, this would be so much easier. But, you know, and life would be simpler. And uh, loved him to death, you know. But and finally, I just said, "No, nah, I think I'm gonna do this myself." I said, "The guy sent me sixty of them. Oh man, he lost it." Phone got real oh, quiet, shit. you know. The next week, it got real quiet. That was, you know, shit, my duck calls back at your tuning, and I don't know blah, blah, blah. That was kind of that was the beginning of the war. Oh, so then <laughs> we go to we go to. Uh, <laughs> now thank the Lord we made up way years, you know, years, right. several, you know, a few years afterward, never that great, right. and we're you know. And it, uh, but it was forever, you know. I mean, we had a lot of fun together. But anyway, the same time, for, I still work for Ferry, so we took 25 straight meat honkers, and we went to Point Delay, Michigan, to that show up there, which used to be a oh, monster yeah. show. So we go to that show up there, and we set out the calls, and and um, Freddie goes, man, out of ground's going to flip. I ain't selling none of his calls. And he's for, we sold 25 of them there at right. 150 bucks. Nobody ever... I didn't think he'd sell a hundred fifty dollar grease call, you know, anywhere ever. Ever, but right. I just threw a number on it. And I thought, how about a hundred fifty bucks? <laughs> right. If I sell five, I don't. I'm out nothing, you know. And they sold like hotcakes, and uh, we sold every one. And that night, and you know, I told Freddie, I said, made some money here, and he goes, oh man, you know. He said, well, we ought to make some more. And I said, Freddie, we're gonna keep doing this, and you ought to build an acrylic flute because he'd want everything. Right. So he needed an acrylic flute, so. I set him up with the guy that turns everybody's calls, still does this day, a lot right. of them. And uh, next thing I find out, Freddie spelled the short read. <laughs> so, right. That was the end of me and Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a war. And then he leaves and goes to Avery, and that wasn't a good deal with Ron. And, yep. you know, it just, and I was, I was the only guy traveling with Ron's stuff, you know. That's right. And, yeah, bad, bad deal. By this time, you know, Ron and Freddie were making bags and all kinds of stuff. And I was the guy. I mean, I went to every freaking show across this country hauling eliminators and all this i was the first guy he had in an exlator you know to do anything when we filmed it you know so because the first time we went out of it you know we loved that eliminator so bad and ron said i said we're in canada you're gonna hunt out of this thing i hunt out thing you can <laughs> i'm hunting this limit <laughs> so it was, it was an excellent so i started hunting out of the exlanders then and then right. that was our first video we started filming you know way yeah. back when you know we go to canada ron went to canada with us you know and all that so 
it was all good, you know, and then uh, really the first time I met Ron, I'll kind of go back to this, the first yeah. time I met him personally, um, remember when all the forums were going on, you know, oh, and they talk refuge about it. forum and flock knocker and all this, you know? <laughs> yep, I remember those. You know, basically, so basically kids, yeah, so basically kids, this is the equivalent of like a Facebook page that you go to or an Instagram page that you go to. Well, this was the internet forums and you would go into this chat room, let's call it, and there was different sections and the the goose one was Flock Knocker run by Cliff and then the refuge forum was was everything. So Flock Knocker was huge. I remember that. That was, yeah. Oh my God. It was nuts, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had ads on them and everything, rolling right. ads and all this yes. and that. I on my website, I had a forum on my website. Yeah. You know, it'd be one a call forum, oh, it'd be a God. decoy forum, and a general forum and all this crap. <laughs> you know, and it was and that thing turned into a war. Yes. You know? So yes, I don't know how this all happened and what it was, but Cliff was pretty little rough around the edges, you know. And uh, <laughs> I never met any of them, so my buddy over here, Troy Enos, run this Missouri River Outfitters, you know, uh, he's funny, my guy's funny. He was buddies with Latcho. Right. You know, and me and all this shit. And so I don't know how it is, but Cliff and Troy gets into it on the Internet somewhere. And Troy was good at it, you know. Uh, you know, he might send him something with a picture, and that was back when now it's easy to do. But oh, yeah. then it was, you were a professional. <laughs> but he'd take a picture of us. uh house trainer with a bunch of junk underneath of it that was, uh, you know, had big stilts under it and, and put, hey, Cliff, I was at your mom's house the other day or do high-rise, you know, just, and didn't burn him up, you know. Right. And so I'm like, oh, my God. And, and Cliff's are oh burning God. up and Troy's just laughing. He's loving it, you know. He's, he's living off this stuff. Oh, man. So we decide we're going to drive 36 hours to Oregon to the first waterfowl festival. I was just going to bring that up too before you said that because when you were talking about going to shows, I remember like, uh, hey, Foils is coming to the waterfowl festival. And I was like, bullshit, Foils is all the way in Illinois. It's like, no, they're packing up, they packed up the trailer and the truck and they're coming. And I'm like, what? That's going to be huge. Like, like, because that was at the time, like you said, you were going to every show imaginable. The Waterfowl Festival was was kind of kicking off, and it was a it was a it, it's the main event out here in the West. Other than like you go down to like Kittles yeah. in California, I mean that was it. Or right. at the time, it was Auto Life. If it you might remember have been that, the second or third year of it, it was right. like, it was, yeah, like it was a couple years. Yes, it was. It was the third or fourth year. So go ahead. So you guys are coming, packing up, and coming but out the here. Main reason I main reason I went was because last year I wanted to meet me and wanted to talk to me yep. and all this blah blah blah. Yep. We're having a booth. <clears throat> I said, okay, I'll have a booth. So we go out and blowing a contest. Five or six of us go yep. out there. And so that, and then I don't know, and Troy wanted to go talk to Cliff, you know. <laughs> you know, just he, he, he's the type, he's just going to go up there, you know, and start shooting shit like that. Oh my so God. they mended a bunch of, bunch of fences were mended, but that was the first time that I met uh, Ron and Catherine out there, you know. Yep. And that's when we really started going. And then I took, started taking, I took those blinds. I was the only one. I went across the country with those blinds. Yes. You know? So basically how it was, he was a consignment deal. He'd send me a bunch of blinds, I'd sell them, send yep. me a check, you know. Yep. And everybody was happy, you know. And that, back was, that was back in the days where you spent a, on a landline, you know, an hour a night with him, you know. Yes. So, uh, I mean, he called you constantly, you know. Yes. So then he comes out with all the different stuff, and then he knew I, he wanted to get in turkey. I don't think he ever killed turkey or nothing. So he's asked me about this turkey. Could we build a turkey blind? And I told him, yep. I don't know if you remember that. They made that three-piece turkey. You, you flipped it out in front. You had I totally remember it. I have the catalog. Frame. I have the catalog with the picture yeah. in it. <laughs> I know exactly what yeah. you mean. That was like 02. Probably me and Cole, my kid, when he's little or something, is in that picture. Thanks. Anyway, um, he come out here. He sent me one. You know, and then we started using that. We took a million pictures oh, with it God. and stuff, you know, on videos and everything, you know. And then he came out here turkey hunting, and it was hilarious. I could tell you stories forever about him turkey hunting. It was hilarious. But <laughs> anyway, we have a blast on it. So we were really all good and tight and whatever, you know. So then the war starts with yes. him and me and Fred and Tim and all this here. And all, but Ron was like, you know, buddies with me, but he's also, you know, and I'm doing all the work. You know, it was always made me mad. You know, I think I'm the guy doing all the work. You right. Know? But then Tim's the guy was his main guy. You know, that's so, right. Which whatever, yeah, it is what it is. I didn't care, and I said, well, I don't care as long as I keep doing my stuff. You know. And then, 
I'm trying to think where this all went to after that. You know, I mean, we just stayed, kept selling stuff. He kept coming up more products, and him and Freddie are in business. And Freddie goes off to Avery, and the next thing you know, he's building blind. And oh my God, my phone was off the hook. Hey, you know about things building this blind? I'm like, you know, oh, it, it flipping out. Oh, it went crazy. And then, because <clears throat> then, because uh, then, it, yeah, then, it, then it splits. Like you said, it splits. Everybody's doing their own thing, and and the yeah. the war at retail begins, and then grounds. You know, like I said, Grounds doesn't like the way the final approach is going, so he goes and does some other stuff. And then Ron, the company sells yeah. again to Bushnell, and Ron's out. Ron's like, I'm done. I, I don't need any more. I don't well, want to see it, you know, dilute. When it you sold know. the first time to uh, Colpin. Well, to Colpin the yep. very first time. Yep. yep. They had it now. The first time I sold to Colpin. Yep. Okay, so they had. So now they've got me, they've got Browns, they've got all this there. So yes, you got everybody. Right? Oh gosh, can't remember them. There was there was a guy and a gal that used to work for for Lacoste Boots, and they came. They were running Copeland. Okay, that was the two that was running. That's Copeland. what so that's what Ron there, said. Yep, that's what Ron said. And and he didn't know their names either, but I said know, it, it I wasn't know the going name good. Of, but I ain't gonna say it. So <laughs> it wasn't anyway, going good. I go up for <laughs> two or three shows. And I go up for two or three shows, you know, and everything. <laughs> but things are changing big time. Right. And they go to a meeting and it ain't good, you know. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm the guy that's running this across the country, you know. Yeah. So we were doing game fair, and I mean, we are, you know, we're selling like crazy every yes. year. With, nobody had a layout blind, you know. Yep. Nobody had seen one. So yep. I mean, I swear to God, you know, it was nothing to go sell fifty blinds, you know. Yes. And now we're taking, you know, how long it taking to sell fifty blinds now to show? Yeah, they're right. So <laughs> anyway, everybody's got one, you know? yeah. So. Anyway, we, we're selling all these freaking blinds and stuff, and and I'm happy. He's happy. I've got post staffers done. He's got staffers helping me. This yep. is this working great, you know. Everything final approach has got. We are selling, and then it hits Copeland buys it. Yep. Okay, and then all this starts. So I'm going to Game Fair, and I know it's going to be good. And I'm going to try the best I can for this new company and do what we can, you know. Yep. And Ron's still involved, and so anyway, we get up there. And it was like a week before the show, and I just called uh, Ron, or I don't know if I called Ron or called these new people, one of the two, and I said, hey, you guys have a trailer. Is there any way, you're just right across the river, you know, is there any way you can get somebody to drive a trailer load of blinds over and product over to the show, right. you know? And, uh, no, we can't do that. And I said, well, how about this? I'll send my, uh, you know, cameraman up another truck and pick up i don't need another trailer and i don't have room because at the time i'm selling every water power product in the world you know yes. and i had a 28 foot trailer packed full of decoys everything you know? everything and i said i've got a bunch of stuff but i think we need more so can you pack up the trailer and send it up i said well that's fine but you bring a check when you come and i go excuse me and they said bring a check when you come i said i'll bring your trailer back with a pile of money when we get done you know that's I mean, right. i've been on consignment for <clears throat> They started building these things. Right. I'm the one that did this, you know. And, oh, my mad, you know. I mean, not that there wasn't a ton of people that wasn't using them and promoting them that way. That's I'm just right. the guy that was hauling them and selling them and, you know, all this crap. So I go, are you serious? And I'll never forget them. I said, yeah, if you want blinds from us, you're going to have, you know, new, new, you know, new sheriff in town. Basically, you're going to have to pay for them as you get them. Oh, my I tell God. You, I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You take your blinds. You take your blinds, and I'm already in Minnesota at the time. I'd been there two or three days later. I think I went right. to Sturgeon's in Minnesota. Right. And so anyway, long story, I was already there. I said, we're done. You, know, no more, no, you don't have to worry about me no more. So I called back home, and I told, uh, told my guys I was coming up with a trailer. I said, go down to the duck, duck camp down there, load up everything that even remotely says final approach. I don't care if a T-shirt. And bring it with you up here. We're going to have the biggest yard sale ever at Game Fair. I'm selling everything you got. So I did. Oh my I went God. up there and there was nothing left. And so it was like three days later, and I get a phone call from Zinc. Now, we had talked for a long time. Right. Hey, Foyles, heard you got rid of final post. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And I said, I don't know. Whatever I want to do is what I'm going to do. Right. Well, there was only one other choice. You That's know, right. Tell them out of. They're, right. And I'm getting ready to go to Canada and, you know, to film, so i got to have blinds. So right. he said, I'll send you anything you want. I said, no, nah, I don't want nobody to send me nothing. I'll buy it. So I stopped at Shields and bought five, uh, uh, gosh, what was the name of his blind? The Finishers. Uh, finishers. Yep. So I bought five Finishers. And so I filmed all those Finishers, and they ended up 
giving me five other ones or paid me for them or something. Right. And that's when Matthews called me and said, I'd like to see you. So I went down there and met him and, and, uh, you know, what a piece of work he was. You know? Oh, so, uh, there's more stories. Him, so I went to work for him and everything was good. I mean, I was selling, he sent me containers to, to game fair. We'd sell and different shows and right. stuff were promoting it everywhere. You know, right. everything was great. You know, I was real good, but I knew Zinc was working there then, and I knew there was never any way ever am I going to be top dog or anywhere close to this at that place along the Freddy's or South right. Hall, you know, whatever. <clears throat> yep. So I'm using her decoys, I'm using her stuff, I'm doing all her stuff, you know, and I ain't liking it, you know, because I didn't like the decoys, really. And uh, But I used them, and they supplied me with them, and they didn't give me anything I wanted. I mean, they'd send me a container load from my duck club, you know, so it, they were good people to me. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'd heard the thing was coming up through Lee. Of course, Lee and I have been friends since I first started. You know? right. I mean, he's done my, he's done my graphics, done my ads, anything I've ever done, he's right. done it. And uh, and we got to be, and we are today, just super good, like more like brothers than anything. We're close to the same age. So anyway, he gets a hold of me, and uh, he goes, "Dude, I'm starting this." And you know, he called it by dude. He says, "Dude, I'm starting this new deal, the final approach." I said, I ain't going back with this. I've had it with it. And, you know, and he goes, no, they've got it. They'll, they got rid of those two, and they've got this new guy, Tom Luce, running, and they just bought it, and he's ready right. to go through. I mean, he's going to take us to another level. Right. And he's wanting to, he's wanting to either run a TV show, and he's wanting to pay you and all this. Yep. But when they said pay me, well, I ain't getting out of Avery. Right, you know? so right. I said, well, I'll, I'll talk to you. Right. So, and then he calls me. He goes, do you want to sell? And I go, I don't know. I never even thought about doing that, so... He goes, well, he may want to buy you. So I said, whatever. He said, acquire all these companies. So I said, why don't you guys just come down and have a meeting? Right. So they come down, and uh, Lee and, and Tom stayed a couple, three days, and we showed them the area and all that. And, and uh, uh, Lutz always called me Migrator. He said, <laughs> Migrator, where are you going here, and what are you doing there? And I started telling him what we were doing. Busy. He goes, right. you don't have to tell me nothing. I've studied your whole company, and Lee right. told me. I know through Lee and blah, blah, blah. He goes, what you sell? And I said, the price was right. I guess I would have really, I said, it's going to be good. And right. I'm not ready to quit. You know? He goes, well, I ain't really ready for you to quit. He said, uh, so they made me an offer, and that was a lot. And right. I, there was a, there's several times since, and I wish I took it. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but most of the time, no. You know, I'm glad yeah. I went on. But he said, here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna, he said, I'll pay you this much money per month. You run this show, all your products for your duck club, anything you've got, whatever. I'll build signature series. I'll give you yep, money I off of that, that, blah, 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 yep. blah. I mean, he made me a deal that nobody could refuse. Right, right. And I said, well, if I do this TV, and he said, but I want you, where I'm hurting as bad as anything, I need a pro staff. Right. And he said, I want you to head up a pro staff. I know you've got a ton of them. Well, at the time, I had 140 people or so. Yeah, you had, Canada, right, you had a huge, right, and, right. It was. It was but you, back then, you had to because you had all these shows, you know, Cabela's and Bass Pro, and they were all doing them the same day, and you had to people at all these different yes. shows and stuff. So, yes. You know, and I'm only one person. I can only That's right. So I said, all right, I'll create. He said, I want you to create a pro staff, and I'll have you head this thing up, and then we'll have Bill Saunders on the West Coast. Yep. He'll do that side, and then there'll be, you know, it'll be uh, Sean on the other side. Yep. It'll be the three of you, you guys. Know, on the yep. East Coast, and we'll do that, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, all right. I said, now, look, you've got three strong-headed people working on this pro staff. And I said, so you're going to have to explain, you know, if you want me to head this up, they're going to have to listen. And, of course, that was problems for a while. I ain't going to say it wasn't, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, we're not major. You no, know, everything no. went fine. So um, we went to the SHOT Show right after this, and I agreed to it. And I called Matthews, and I said, I'm not going to hold back on if these guys offer me a fortune to come back. And I said, I'm not, not going to last. It's just too, too good of an offer. Right. I would have gave you this much money. I mean, he lost it. So then the war started again. That's right. Know? I'm going to bury you for us. I don't care what it is. You'll wish you never did this. I'll do this. Now, I'll step back just a little bit farther. <laughs> do you remember when Avery built a migrator blind? Yes. That great big blind called it the migrator? Yes. Yep. Okay, well... Avery had hired Sean Stahl, and when he left me, it wasn't really a good thing at the time. Right. They were fine, great guys now. Right. But, and they made a blind, put his name on it, and yep. called it the Migrator. Yeah. Oh, that's mad. So I got a lawyer, sued him. We were in the middle of a lawsuit when I finally went to work for him, and then I dropped the suit. So 
Long story short, he's going, I'll build everything. You build, I'll do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I said, you know what? You, you do what you got to do. You know? That's right. I said, but it ain't going to be pretty, I promise you this. So. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, so there, that started another war. All right, we're talking to uh, Jeff Foyles. That's probably a great place to stop. So let's uh, let's let's kick back, hold off to the <laughs> to the next episode, and we'll finish up what we're talking about with Jeff. Incredible stuff with Jeff Foyles, Rock Outdoors, Foyles Migrators, all that together. Uh, hey, big shout outs to our partners who uh, who make the thing uh, go round for us at Final Approach for the whole year and, and jump in and help us out. And that's uh, Weatherby. Federal Ammunition, Roger Sporting Goods, of course, and uh, Ranchland Outfitters up in Alberta. All right, appreciate it. Big shout-outs, and we'll come back with the second part of Jeff Foyles here on the FA Podcast on the history of FA and the waterfowl category. I'm Mario. I'm out.